Hello, vinyl lovers. I'm Antonio Staropoli. And I'm Chris Myers. And you're listening to Taste of Vinyl. The best things in life are things you can see. And it's a damn good thing you can't see us. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, listeners. Today That's the we... show. That's my show. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yes. Great. Yes. Welcome, listeners. We have an insanely special guest with us. He is the keyboard player, guitarist, and vocalist for the amazing band Local Natives. He's got a solo project called Jaws of Love, and he's the host of the hilarious podcast, the Kelsey Air TV show on radio. Please welcome Kelsey Air. Excited to have you, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm so good. Sorry, sorry for uh, interrupting the, no, uh, the cold open. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, after this whole year, there's no rules. There's no there rules. No, throw them out the window. Anymore. Throw them all out no. the window. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And this we, is for this is for you and for the listeners. I kind of started not that long ago, but I, what I like to do now is open with something that kind of gives a hint to who our guest is going to be before we announce who they are. Nice. But really, they don't even nice, need nice. the hint because they, they don't need the it's hint. a podcast no, and you can read, told people you can read the guest's <laughs> name when True. you click on the episode. But, True. But like, now... I, yeah, sure, I love, it's cute. Yeah. I love the idea, idea. That, that, like, that my <laughs> podcast was so wildly successful. Everyone's like, oh, cool. We got uh, it. Yeah, yeah. We know. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just a good line, too. It's just a good line. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, well, and we're, we're going to get into that and, and the genius behind that that um but first the first thing that we ask is analog or digital oh uh i uh i'm cool i'm cool either way i don't have a very hard stance because i feel like it's all just about the feeling and however you get there is is great so i don't have a hard stance i know that's not uh great for the vinyl uh, heads out there (laughs) but i mean I'm just open. I feel like, I guess as an artist, you have like hard, fast rules for certain things. But as far as like analog versus digital, I mean, for all all the ways in which that is a part of what I do, it really just depends on so many things. And it's just like, it's all love. It's all love for uh, it all. We, we're with you, That's man. Great, and we, man. Don't, we don't subscribe to any hard and fast rules when it comes to that. Um, yes, we have a show about vinyl, but uh, we've said it before. It's like, we're here on this digital platform um so we we can't knock it uh you know it's yeah. uh it, it it has its of place course. It, ha- it has its place and uh yeah. we well i feel like it. the thing the thing about analog is like there it's so there's just such a romance to it and it's this old school way of of doing things and you can really deep dive into all different facets of analog gear of analog like stuff and i mean digital is amazing just because it's fast and it gets something to you quite quickly but no one's gonna have a podcast about how great digital stuff is i don't know like like in the way that we think of vinyl and like the way that we think of like analog gear and and just like how yeah that's a great point how wonderful it is to have that really special and when you say analog versus digital like maybe like you mean just like the music listening experience but I, I know from my point of view, uh, we're always talking about like analog gear and, and like plugins versus like old school analog gear. Sure, and, and, sure. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, me and the people I usually work with were just like, yeah, get a mix of both. And, and, and like, none of us have like a crazy amount of analog gear either. So we're, we just like are all scrappy on our, on our computers trying to make music. But yeah, I mean, I love that you can tell the difference and the people who care really can have a, a really strong affinity for that and have a fondness for that and love that. And, and that's, that's great. Absolutely. Uh, cool. I agree, man. You know, when, when, when we say analog versus digital, we don't really, um, we're not specific. So however it's interpreted, whether it's in terms of recording or listening, uh, we just kind of like to get a feel for how our guests feel about analog, digital, how they listen to music, how they create music. But you, you made a really good point about there's kind of like this romanticism that surrounds the whole analog world. And it's and it's awesome. It's fantastic. You make a good point. It's it, nobody's gonna start a podcast about you know the uh, the wonders <laughs> of digital. So yeah. uh, very yeah. very good. Yeah, totally. It's such a different thing. Like analog, you you never there's like a magic to it because it can it can never be replicated. You know, right? Even with like a like a weird broken like toy synth or something that you're playing, it's like right. it's got all this character. It's got all this character to it. It does, and di- yeah. digital yeah. can't ever. You know, it'll it can emulate stuff to a, to a certain point, but you mm-hmm. know, just analog is to uh, you're in the you're in the jungle. You know, yeah. you don't know what's gonna and happen. It's- and, and it's great. more tangible, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. like it's so much more tangible. And I think even, yeah. you know, especially like during the time of the pandemic, I feel like people were missing so much and having things that were tangible that you can touch and feel and see and just hold in your hand was super important. I mean, vinyls ha- had kind of a resurgence for several years now, but I think that the pandemic definitely played a part in it, just taking it to a whole other level. No, totally. Like longing for anything you can touch, I think is it was definitely heightened during the yeah, during the pandemic. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well said. So <laughs> normally, Kelsey, we begin with asking our guests about their background, which of course we'll get into, but we figure we'd shake things up a little bit and ask you what you've been up to lately. You actually had mentioned that you are right now in the process of recording two albums. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, during the during the last year, um, while basically Local Natives, uh, my, my main group that I play in, uh, we had a whole year of touring booked. And that all got canceled, you know, obviously like a really tough pill to swallow. But once the dust settled, uh, I had a lot of free time on my hands. So <laughs> I made a, like a comedy show that I turned into a podcast and put that out this year. And that was super, super fun to like exercise that other, this other part of my brain that I had never really done um, in like a very serious way before. So yeah. I I did that. I directed a music video for my. Uh, I have two brothers, and they're in a band together with a uh, a really good friend of mine. And I directed a music video for them, and that was super oh, wow. fun. They're called, cool, man. They're called ET Man. Check out the video. It's for a song called The Light. And then most of the time, I was either working on potential material for local natives fifth album and jaws of love's second album jaws of love is my um solo project i've put one album out and uh and now i've gotten to the point where the second jaws of love album is almost done and 
that feels amazing. And then that is kind of overlapping with the, the start of the fifth Local Natives album. So right now I'm working on both of those simultaneously. Wow. And uh, I feel like it should be harder than it is or more wild than it is, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's knock on wood. It, it's, uh, it's going well. That's awesome, man. So you're able to manage Thank you. all of that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think with local natives, ev- everyone, um, you know, is getting a bit older and they all have their own lives. And, and so we're yeah. getting better at like scheduling specific time to get together okay. and to, to work. And so with that being more having more on like a, having its own timetable, then I can like do Joss Love stuff in between. And it, yeah, it's been cool. I think, um, or I guess 2020, I feel like so many people, it made you press pause on your life mm-hmm. for, yeah. for better, for worse. But I feel yeah. like um, it really made you focus and, and, and yes. maybe take a, a harder look at just your surroundings and everything you've got going on than mm. you ever have before. And I think that really benefited these two projects for me um, because they're, they're both, both music-related uh, projects and both like, you know, bands and stuff. And uh, I think last year really gave me the the space to define the projects more in my head because yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm writing music all the time. I'm writing songs all the time. And uh, for the longest time, I would just like show local natives everything, what they liked, uh, we worked on, what they didn't. I put in my pocket for Jaws of Love. And I think last year, I, st- I really was trying to write more purposefully. So I, I started actually just writing for local natives. And that was the thing. And then I was writing for Jaws of Love and letting oh, wow. those things be, be separated. And just, and just be more, being more mindful of writing for, for each thing. And I, and I really think it benefited each thing. I'm super excited for people to hear this new Jaws of Love stuff. Um, and the local natives record, I think is really, um, off to a really amazing start. Yeah. We're like, yeah, I don't know, like 40% in and, uh, everyone's feeling really good and going to do a lot of wow. recording next month. And yeah, the, it's very uh, exciting. The love, it's all like very, it's all like very positive vibes right now, which is like so strange to say in the midst of the clusterfuck of, uh, you know, this whole, <laughs> This but, but, this whole couple of years or whatever. But yeah, I mean, sure. right now it definitely feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, you know, with the vaccine and just like mm-hmm. just think things seem to be kind of coming back to normal. Which actually, I wanted to ask you. We noticed that local natives is actually scheduled to play their first show back since the pandemic, um, and it's going to be in LA in an empty Greek theater this August. Is that right? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing our first show back at the Greek Theater in LA. And do you guys know uh, um, the Greek Theater at all? Have you guys been out there yet? No, I, I have I not. Have. I, I mean, it's just, it's such a rad venue. It's uh, it's not as big as the bowl, but it's open air. It, it's like one of those venues where uh, it's not too big, not too small. And uh, being a band growing up in Orange County and trying to make something happen in L.A., like, uh, I mean, we spent many, many years playing to nobody, uh, trying to just dreaming of like where we could go. And the Greek theater is just one of these places. If you're a musician in Southern California, it's one of these like it's the holy these grail. landmark like places to play. Yeah. And, wow. and so 
So for that to be the first show back for us is, is incredibly meaningful. And especially after a year of where we've been dying to play live sure, again, sure. I, I definitely took it for granted. I, I would say um, just being in a professional touring band where I wouldn't even have to think about whether or not I was going to play a hundred shows every year. It was just going to happen. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. But, but you know, something crazy happened that no one ever thought was possible and everyone had to stay inside for a year. And I guess I'm very appreciative of that time, you know, because it really ma- it really makes you grateful for things that you took. Uh, absolutely. Away. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, silver linings, you know, obviously terrible things, you know, happened. Wasn't the best situation, but you're right. Um, there were definitely some some positive things that came out of it. So it's good that you're looking at this, those silver linings, man. It seems like it's almost like, uh, yeah, we're almost out of it. We'll see. I think so. It was a good year of reflection. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, yeah. and, and like you said, to appreciate all those things that you know we, we take for granted and to explore exactly. more creatively. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Did you guys find that this year or last year? Yeah. I mean, we started this podcast. Um, oh, awesome. I, yeah, yeah. You know, like I personally, I started an Instagram just to kind of showcase my vinyl. And um, I think I was kind of looking for something. And it, it, for me, it was vinyl. And so I started this Instagram and then it it just turned into this podcast. And it's amazing, man. It's honestly the one thing that came out of the pandemic that really was like a huge positive in my life just for so many reasons. Yeah, man. Other than just like trying to keep me sane and everything, like I have to say personally, I can't speak for Chris, but just being exposed to all these different musicians and all these different types of music, honestly, it is one of the best things that has ever happened to me. I fucking love it. And I, I don't yeah. take this, this for granted at all. No. Yeah, man. So for me, I think that's probably the main, the main thing. Agreed, dude. Was it over the last year you really dove into like start like into your vinyl collection or starting a collection or like what? Um, I would say maybe in like 2017, 2018, I really started getting like a good setup. But this year during the pandemic was when I really dove into the vinyl. And, you know, like I got my Discogs going and I'm looking for like the limited stuff. I'm like, you know, I know what's good. And like, it's been a treasure hunt, man. It really has been. It's so fucking cool, man. I absolutely love it. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. It's, it's fantastic. Our guests do this, right? It's funny. Do they turn it around on us? It's cool though, because (laughs) it's it's cool though. Cause you know, it's, uh, it's just as much as we're getting to know about you guys, you know, yeah, you yeah. and our guests, sure. that, you know, and any questions that you guys want to ask us, we're more than happy to answer. I have shut to up, say, <laughs> I have to say, before I shut up, I'll uh, just say this, uh, that I wholeheartedly agree with Antonio like this, this past year and, and starting this podcast has been one of the greatest endeavors that we've gone on because we've met an, an extremely um, like amazing amount of pe- everybody we've had on has been like fantastic we've been honestly nice just so lucky we we never saw seriously we never saw this coming going after six months being with kelsey air like i'm just saying we started with like you know some friends and then networked and people who are not just friends people who are also amazing musicians oh wait a minute Uh, before i forget this 
Chris, do you remember Doug Rob? Okay, so Doug oh, Robinson, dude, dude. Yeah. he had mentioned that he met you while you were moving in LA, on the I think. in LA, and he was like on the street. By the way, he's the 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 singer was the singer for the Sleeping and Night Verses. I don't know if that any of this all rings a bell. Oh wait, 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 wait. Was he moving? Maybe it no. was him moving. Because well, there was did, a maybe guy, I'm fucking up we the were story. walking in our neighborhood and then and maybe he was with a a, a girlfriend or a wife or maybe. something. Oh, when yeah, did that, I think yeah. When did he yeah, move yeah, yeah. back here to Jersey? Because he was out in LA, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was in he was yeah, in LA yeah, and then he so, moved he moved out here. So maybe yeah, that, so that's he it. He was moving. We got confused. So he was moving. Okay. Yeah. So no, I remember this guy. I totally remember <laughs> this guy. This man's girl. They, and they were and that's we were so um, we were walking really close to our house because we walk our dog all the time. And uh, I remember them moving and, and them out of nowhere just saying that they were fans. And, and, you know, that was always, it's always super fun to hear anybody say hi and that they like the music, you know, so that's, that, that was rad. But I do, I do remember him. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's oh, funny. wow. That's so great, <laughs> that's dude. Doug. <laughs> See, yeah. he, he figured Doug. it out. Yeah. Good old Doug. Yeah. Good old Doug Robinson. Nice. Doug and, Robinson. And yeah, man, he's, he's, uh, I think the sleeping is actually playing a show in Irving in Plaza in December. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's okay. really exciting. Yeah, man. Oh, he's, that lineup uh, at Irving Plaza. He's bit, is yeah, insane, he's a bit dude. of a local uh, legend himself. Yeah. Um, oh wow, amazing. Yeah, I gotta man. Check out this the sleeping. The sleeping. Is that yeah. A, yes. Is it? Oh, can I guess what genre of music it is? Yes, please, please, yes, please. Yes. It is. Or you can name bands that might sound like it. Okay. Is it influenced by Botch? at all. Remember uh, that band? Yeah, this here's I this can't is botch. Say, I tried to go really far in. <laughs> that you know, is you it know, influenced by Okay. Uh, uh I like this um, game. <laughs> this I like is a this good game. game. Is it yeah. influenced The Sleeping is it influenced by Poison the Well at all? Okay, I, you know what? Uh, okay. You're getting, uh, you're you're going in the right direction, direction. but I a would little say softer. a little yes. softer than yes. Poison the Well. Oh, sure. Yes. More, more like hopes fall. Oh shit! Yeah, Maybe. It's, it's closer. Yeah, you're getting yeah, closer, yeah. dude. I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm my like, mind is I'm blown like, that you just said poison the well, dude. Yeah, yeah, but that's you're getting. This there. the last you're, guy. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe you're not the last guy I would expect to say poison the well. But like, it's so cool that I you actually. Like that, and, uh, <laughs> they were fucking yeah, great, I grew, man. I grew up in Orange County, and and I and I played drums in a hardcore band for oh, like okay. a couple oh, years. Sick. Cool, man. And uh, and 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 got to know that scene a um a little bit. And all, so all my references are like early two thousands, okay, uh, hardcore yeah. stuff. But well, and anything yeah. like now that's that genre, I don't really know. They yeah, they were they were kind of big like around like I want to say like early to mid to yeah like mid two thousands. Um, and they were on mm. uh, Victory. Um, but anyway, we want to know more about your musical past because that's actually something that I was going to ask you about next. So you said that you were in, you played the drums in hardcore bands. So like, tell me, did you, did you start off like when you were a kid thinking, all right, I got to be a musician. Like I love music. Did you gravitate towards the drums first or different instruments? Like tell, tell us about that journey. Yeah. So, so, um, when I, I think I was in fifth grade and before that, I, I, I loved music and I knew I wanted to play stuff. My dad played guitar and he'd sing 
And so I grew up with three brothers and a, and a younger sister. I've got uh, two other sisters, but they're much older. So, But in this house, I grew up with two brothers and my younger sister. And, and my, our dad always played uh, guitar to us when we'd go to bed or wake up. It was really nice. It sounds like I grew up in like a Disney movie or something, but it's, <laughs> it was very nice. Uh, he's, he'd sing like old, like, like just like Peter, Paul and Mary songs or like early Beatles songs or something. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and so I always kind of grew up with music around and my mom really wanted me to learn piano, but she, she didn't care as much about the music. She wanted me to like be better at math. And she re- read somewhere that like, if you play piano, you're going to be better at school. Um, so, so that's, that was her motivation. And, uh, and that's, that's great. Cause it got a piano in the house. And so I, I learned, I kind of picked up piano and guitar just by myself and a couple of years of like early piano lessons. But my first real instrument was, uh, the drums. I think in fifth wow. grade, I asked, uh, I, I wanted to get a drum set, got found like a really cheap one and they got me one. And that was, yeah, my first, uh, my first instrument and the first thing I got really, really into and so I, like my first band ever, like I was in like eighth grade and no one was uh, confident enough to sing. So it was an instrumental band. Uh, oh, wow. And I, I played drums. And then in high school, I met a bunch of other dudes and they were really into hardcore music. And I was going to like this Catholic high school at the time, private okay. Catholic high school, and uh, <laughs> they needed a drummer. And I was the only kind of one who was playing drums at the time. So that's how I got with them. And uh, we were like just kind of playing warehouses and house parties and stuff around Orange County. And then that's how I met Taylor and Ryan, who are in Local Natives with me. Uh, our, our, the hardcore oh. band I was in, we played his dad's house. And I think our singer like kicked a hole in their wall or something. And oh, it, got, it got it got like a little out of it got, hand. Oh, it got, it got hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. That's that's <laughs> That's it's not softcore. It's it's hardcore. Yeah, so, right. And, yeah. and and Taylor's dad learned that that night. Holy um, shit! Yeah. So so yeah. Great drums drums is where I started. Yeah, man. And. Uh, is that I, your favorite? So, sorry, is that your favorite instrument? The drums? Um, would you say? Because you play keys, you play the guitar, and you yeah, do vocals I, in local native. I'd say the piano is my is my favorite favorite instrument to play. I I love like a real piano. Like a, a, that right. is, it just brings me immediately to a place uh, that is so soothing and peaceful and and vibey and like yeah. I I love the piano because so I I grew up playing drums. And I love, I love like different like rhythms and like the kind of intensity of it. And the piano gives you the opportunity to do music and, and make melodies and also do like rhythmic stuff and, yes. and play like soft or hard. And, uh, and it's almost like every, everything at once. It's like the one, one stop shop for like, you can do like, you can feel the beat while you're playing something on piano and with melody and stuff and you can like do it all and so i i think i always come back to the piano is just i think my my favorite wow that's terrific you're kind of making me want to play the piano shit it's like it's like a foundational instrument (laughs) yeah it's 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 great it's great you get you know and especially for songwriting and i've just got got like a like a rhythm or a vibe in my head and, and you can just like 
really mock up like a vibe in, a, in an yes. amazing way. Yes. That's um, a really good yeah. point. Yeah. It's, it's been cool. super helpful to me. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's, that's beautiful awesome. Do you guys play piano or you guys play, what do you guys play? I play um, the drums. Um, I actually oh, can, I actually, I mean, I'm not trained or anything, but I can play the piano a little bit. Um, but I sure. do also, I used to play the cello and, um, oh, wow. um, I play the guitar. I probably can play the, if you play the guitar, you could probably play the bass. So I can probably <laughs> play the bass a little bit. And, uh, no, and then I also sing and I, yeah, I, he's I the, love it. The vocalist in. Oh, you know, great. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Is it just you two guys in the band or, or it's, a couple others? No, we have, there's four other guys in the band. It's, uh, oh, we a have total, a, we it's have a total a fucking shit show. <laughs> we have a a wow. This sounds, this is sounding post rock. What, um, what are we, what are we oh, saying? What is this? Yeah, what beautiful. is this vibe right I, now? I, I like the, okay, you're going the right way. Okay. <laughs> okay so <good. laughs> we kind of, Overall, it just probably falls under rock. Yeah, it's just but rock. You know what? Man. I like I like calling it post grunge. Like, po- sure, po- that's Ooh, a good nice. one. Like, that's a good one, man. Post grunge emo core. We have a little bit of emo <laughs> influence in bit, there. Yeah. A little scene. I feel like, like bands music. I've heard of in like the last uh, handful of years that uh, when you say post grunge, I think of like a band like. Uh, do you guys know Ice Age? Or, I've heard of them. Do you know yeah. um, Idols or Shame? Those names all sound Man. familiar. I don't. I can't say I've actually heard those. Heard of? It's not like their my music. go-to genre of sure. music, sure. but I've stumbled uh, onto a, a few different bands, and and I've been like, oh, that's like pretty sick. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you guys know? Do you guys know Black Midi? No, man, no, man. You keep I'm throwing these out. names out, and I just feel no, like okay. uncultured swine. The, those, I'm going to check those all these bands out. I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah, you should. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like maybe it's in some like wheelhouse of what your guys are doing, maybe. Um, but there's a band called Black Midi that I've been really, really into. They put out a record two years ago, and cool. it's like. It's like if Winnie the Pooh uh, fronted the Talking Heads <laughs> and they were a metal band. What? What? I like the way it's, you started that. Holy shit! So, you had so me when at you Winnie hear, yeah, when you hear it, you you will understand. But it's fucking so sweet. Definitely gonna check that out. Yes, it's yes. Hard, it's hard like making music all the time and finding music to be really like inspired by. Right, yeah. I find that it's it can be hard to because I, I mean I'm I'm just taking in so much music and and like from a songwriting perspective I'm always like kind of listening. I've, that's like a part of it in my mind where I'm like oh sure. that's cool like what they did I see what they yeah, did yeah. blah blah blah. Right. But it's it's rare that I hear something that just like floors me and and I'm like this just feels like new and like blows my mind and this yeah, this yeah. record from Black, Black Midi, Midi just totally totally does that for me wow, and I'm sure like you're I, selling I, it I man. I think a part of it, well, <laughs> <laughs> a part of it feels like and you should you know you'll check it out um but like definitely a part of it feels, definitely it was it, inspiring to me to to just hear um artists being artists and and not having rules and just like pushing things to where it was in, it was inspirational to me i'll I'll just say that and that's I think awesome it, dude it, it definitely got me stoked on this second jaws of love record um you know oh, wow. local natives is is this democratic thing with lots of other songwriters and sure um yeah. it's like um it's a beautiful wonderful like mix of of all these people um, but then Jaws of Love, just being myself, I feel like I really 
have been excited to push that project into I, I I want you to hear that stuff, but um, I mean that yeah. feels like more yeah, like experimental or more wild or taking more risks. I guess. Cool, man. Um, yeah, that's check awesome. Check out Black Midi. Yeah, I, I Ooh, definitely see, will. But I love this. This is this is what I was talking about earlier. Like being exposed to so much music. This is how it happens, right? Our yeah. guests come exactly, on, dude. and they're like, "You got to check out this band. You got to check out that band." And the next thing you know. I'm on Spotify. I'm about three songs deep, and then I'm like googling like vinyl, like black, black MIDI vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Like before totally. the end of the before the end of the night, you spent three hundred dollars yeah. on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> well, well Kelsey all, said we got to check gone. out all these bands, man. Let's do it. You know, I'm writing it down. Dude. Do that's it. awesome. That's that's great, man. Oh God, we have like so many questions for you, and I just feel like yeah, we're running out of time already. I, yeah, man. Seriously. <laughs> um, I definitely want to do the fan questions because we've never done fan questions before. Um, and oh, cool. we were just like really like super excited to have you on. And we figure there's got to be some people out there that are going to be super excited as well. So, and there were, so we have a few <laughs> and they were, so we got a couple, we got a couple questions for you Amazing. from the fans. All right. So here we go. We have a fan question that comes from Joe, a.k.a. J.P. Hayes 84 on Instagram. He asks, you have written many songs that reference growing and living in Los Angeles. Has the past year inspired you to write differently with life being so far from normal? Has anything in the past 12 months in particular inspired you that may not have been the case if 2020 had been a normal year? That's a loaded question, huh? Yeah, it's big. That, big but one. that's Joe. Joe goes Joe. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> mind blowing oh, questions. No hard, Joe. Joe. It's just yeah. typical. This is typical Joe. You know. Um, yeah, I. It's so. It's interesting. Yeah, so many things would have been different if 2020 was just like another normal year. Sure. And you know, it, it feels it feels fucked up to even think of any like positives. Like I guess, you know, we're all humans trying to survive on this planet and like sure. we're all trying to just make sense of stuff and yeah. I think all all we can do is be like fortunate that, you know, hopefully you didn't perish from this horrible thing or like hopefully no one you knew did, but I'm sure you know it's very it, there's a lot of people who lost a lot of people out there and yeah, it's sure. like so so tough and so horrible and yeah uh but having said that to have had this year to have kind of paused all the normal i mean to say like rat race is is i feel like almost disrespectful to like uh no, be, being i don't know like an artist or, but i mean you get you get into those cycles <laughs> of like if you if you achieve a milestone, you're just looking at the next one, and it's hard to right. it's hard to sit back and to to really like appreciate where you've been. Uh, in addition to having these like dreams of where you want to go, and so I think having last year be as putting everything on pause like it did, I really felt like I grew in so many different ways, and I just. I feel like I got to spend so much more time just thinking and meditating on what it means to be an artist and what it means to be a songwriter and 
it's kind of has to do with what I was talking about earlier, because I have two musical projects that I'm a part of Local Natives and Jaws of Love. And I really wanted to really define what those were and like what strengths I had to bring to those projects and how they're the most unique. And I was thinking a lot about that, like uniqueness. And do you know, uh, you, you know, like Larry Sanders, the comedian? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he passed away uh, in uh, maybe like, I think 2019, I think uh, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. 2020. Um, right. Judd Apatow made a really touching, great documentary on him and his life. And he uh, had a journal and uh, had this mantra and always, always um, telling himself to be more myself and be more myself and be more myself. And that was his way of getting his stand-up to be just like more, more unique because everyone is like, has their own, all, all this different history and this, these different things that have, that have led to them being who they are. Mm-hmm. And when you get down to it, every every single person on the planet is is like this amazing like miracle of like all these circumstances that have like, you know, it's so easy to generalize people and groups of people, but like every single person is like this crazy, unique miracle of like all sorts of different factors and, and things and and like the yeah. idea of like getting trying to find the uniqueness in yourself. I feel like really that really stuck in my in my mind and I really feel like I I've been trying to put that into my music and then even like wow. even this podcast that I that I did that's like a bunch of like joke songs and skits and fake commercials um <laughs> about like talking garbage disposals and just dumb shit uh i i'm i'm like i feel like i really have found so much comfort in that compass of like if it feels weird and like very you're like oh i don't know like what this is or i don't know who else is i can't compare this to something and that that is like i find that to be really awesome and i think that that is uh a cool place to make stuff from where you're just pushing yourself to have the compass be like, well, I like it. I'm really into this. I don't know why, but I am. And I'm just going to like follow that. And uh, yeah, so I, I think this whole year, I think I've gotten to know myself more and gotten to know myself more at like such like a, a faster speed than I normally would because sure you're just like going, you're going through life and it's like rat race stuff. You're just like going, move into the next thing. And you just have so few moments of, of true clarity. Like you have like a few a year or something. And appreciation. Yes. Yeah. 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 But like when you're stuck in a, in a room, you know, for a year, yeah. you're, uh, those moments are, are just, uh, I, I feel like coming so much faster and, uh, you know, for, for better or for worse, I mean, you know, like so many couples have like really gotten so much stronger and so many people yes, have split yes. up and, and it's just, sure. it's been such like a moment of clarity for, uh, for so many things. And yeah, yeah. As far as like writing songs, you know, I'm sure parts of quarantine will have gone into, um, into the music in some way, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's interesting how the pandemic happened and things were put on pause, but life didn't stop. Right. Like right. it it doesn't it doesn't matter even like to have everyone like not be able to go outside. Like life life kept going and stuff kept happening and 
and uh, and things are happening constantly around the world, and it's like nothing ever really stops ever. So um, yeah. I I'm I'm either like I've got like a song I was writing about, um, like how I felt when the Paradise fires were happening um, in 2018, and um, a lot of songs end up kind of like forming, and then it takes like maybe a year, two years, three years. They kind of trickle into the future. And possibly there will be songs I'll write from this time, like five years from now or 10 years from now. But, sure, um, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I, I uh, oh, that's, that's great. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful it really is. answer. It's a lot. I know Joe wanted a big answer for his big question. So, and, and, and you I gave I it to him. hopefully somewhat, somewhat I, answered something. It's like, you know, it's not the answer you want. I don't really <laughs> fucking know. Is I the think, answer Joe? <laughs> I, I, th- I think Big Joe's going to get a nice, you've, you've nice satisfied. surprise with that You've answer. satisfied us, and that's all that matters. Sorry, Joe. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> so, um, okay. Our next fan question comes from Adrian, a.k.a. Pyramid Transnat on Twitter. Yes. Hope I said that right. He asks... How do you guys, local natives, manage to create a new sound for each album so perfectly while still staying true to local natives' natural vibe that we've felt so intimately over the past albums? That's a good one. Wow. Uh, Lots of compliments. Thank thank you so much. What's what's this guy's name again? Sorry. uh, Adrian. 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 Thank thank you so much, Adrian. Adrian. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm glad i'm glad he feels like that um you know it, music is so subjective and and uh yeah, yeah you know i i i'm i'm glad he's into that i i know from record to record we've definitely um changed and and you know some people are really into that some people are not as much and some people like you know some records more than others but sure i think that we have found the more we can just not have an agenda and just organically create things, create songs, uh, create music that we're just excited about. Um, we're just like humans evolving like everyone else and just sure. like their taste, our tastes are changing and starting to get into, into different things. And, uh, and I love that records, records can be such a great time capsule for where the artist is in their lives. Yeah. Um, you know, when they, when they make it. And so I don't really know. It's, I think it's, it's our goal definitely to make records and to put out music that we're, we're just really stoked on and really feel like we can stand behind. And as far as aesthetically, how it sounds, it's just kind of like where, where we're at in our lives at that moment. Um, and so hopefully Adrian will just uh, try to keep that in mind. Luckily, I think we've had a lot of success, but we haven't like had anything get too big to where it like kind of takes us off to, in a different course of like, oh, we need to chase that every time now or something. Sure. Uh, I think we've always been really fortunate that we've mm. had success on our own terms, maybe, I would say. It, and it's for better, for worse. Like, I, I feel we've all been jealous of bands who, like, put out a record and it's got, like, a huge bunch of singles and it's a ginormous record for them. Yeah. Um, but maybe they're maybe they're not, like, totally gelled or good um, playing live yet. And I, I feel like that was is the case so many times where you can – get success and fame too quickly 
And, uh, and, and that's just like a really hard, like minefield to navigate. Cause like you're, yeah. so you have all the success now, what do you do? You go play live and maybe you're not that good yet. And maybe that doesn't yeah. go super well for you. Sure. We were really lucky to play to nobody. Uh, we were kind of a band before local natives. It was like a high school, college band. It was kind of like an emo, a little bit more of an emo thing. Okay. Oh, and, wow. um, we were touring around and playing shows to like five people a night. But just like kind of working on our on our live sound and working on just like the energy of playing together. I feel like I'm talking about such an archaic thing because there's no bands anymore. Oh. Like I feel like it's so <laughs> it's so rare now to have, you know, people playing together and you know, yeah. I mean, computers have made it so much easier to record music and anyone in their bedroom can make an album and you know it's yes. it's yeah it's for better or for worse like it's really expanded the playing field and there's all these amazing talented people who you can yeah. hear what's in their head uh and you and you couldn't before but you know at the cost of uh maybe less people are are, are playing together and and uh you don't need other people as as much and yeah you know it's a it's a double-edged sword and I think the band, I think Local Natives have, has, we've really appreciated the fact that we are still doing a thing that is uh, not as common these days and, uh, and trying to lean, lean on that as like, well, if we're going to be like doing something that's a little more old school even feeling because you're, you know, bands just don't, aren't around anymore. We'll just like try to lean on that and, and that'll be like a thing that hopefully will be. Maybe something that was so normal 15 years ago in, in five years will be like a thing that makes you stand out. And, uh, and that, that seems like a great silver lining for, for, you know, like guitar bands in general. Um, mm. But anyway, all that to say, I think us just like wanting every album to be the five of us together choosing what is getting us excited. And so if that is our compass, then hopefully we'll keep making records that sound like us and Adrian will be happy. Yes. We want, you know, <laughs> we care. We That's care awesome. about Adrian and just yes, man. Yeah. Yes. They'll keep listening, man. For sure. Okay. For sure. <laughs> I, I, I like that though. You know, it's, it's, it's true. We, we, as people, um, we evolve and our tastes change and, yeah. um, you know, it definitely comes through if you're a musician, if you're doing things organically, the way that you're describing you guys do it, then that's, you're going to hear that. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. Sure. Um, yeah. So we've got one more fan question and then I want to get into your podcast. So really yeah. quickly. This question comes from Daisy, a.k.a. Daisy Evar, on mm -hmm. Twitter. And she asks, how do you guys decide what songs to cover? Who ended up choosing to cover Fleetwood Mac's Tusk? And can we expect a new cover song or even a cover song album anytime soon? Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've talked we've talked about uh, like maybe doing like a cover song album. Well, we've amassed so many cover songs and... Excuse me. Oh my god. <laughs> That's all right, dude. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's a rock podcast. So yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> Sorry, Daisy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we just love reinterpreting songs, and uh, I think the Fleetwood Mac thing um, ended up uh, because Spotify was doing this uh, this singles this series of of bands covering songs 
I think in the studios where they were made, so so us being an LA band and Fleetwood Mac built this amazing studio, which is now called The Village, uh, which is on the west side of LA, after they made rumors and they got so much money and they got so (laughs) huge. They spent, uh, I think no one had spent over a million on a record at that point and and they spent a million over a million dollars on tusk i believe the record is called tusk but yeah and it was it was like lindsey buckingham just like going full like rain man mode and he's just like (laughs) recording everything and and and, and like really perfecting every every little thing and you can hear in the record it feels it feels fussed it feels like really like like fussed over, it maybe sounds like not like positive, but uh, it, it feels like someone spent a lot of time and a lot of love on on something, and that's definitely yeah what he did on on Tusk. So we were ro- wanting to recover a song on that album, and and then we ended up choosing Tusk, uh, and that was super fun to to go to the village and record it there. Um, I'm obsessed with the song Sarah, uh, which is a, a Stevie Nicks song off of Tusk. And uh, I believe I, I played it on the piano that they recorded because that piano was there at the village. Oh, wow. Fuck. And that was a, another magical piano moment. And just yeah. Yeah. That's the so piano cool, just dude. is this, this thing I love oh. so much. But yeah, I mean, we love covering songs. We've, we've, we've had so much fun covering. I think we've got like at least 10, 10 like cool local natives versions of, of songs. And I'm sure, I'm sure we'll do more. Cool. Um, and, That's awesome. And maybe a record one day. Yeah. That'd be neat, man. Yeah, for Fantastic. sure. Fantastic. Well, Daisy, yeah. I, I hope that answers your question. Yes. Uh, I think I think so. So let's talk about your podcast. It's called the Kelsey Air TV show on radio. And so the premise of the show is that it used to be on TV for 10 years, but one of the characters, I can't even say this with a straight face, one of the characters burned the studio down and then you guys were forced into a smaller studio that could only accommodate a radio show. So, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Dude, it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's Our show talk- got canceled. Yeah. Right. It got it's, canceled. Uh, all this horrible stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> Tell, tell us about like the creation of this podcast. This is like you know your brainchild. Yes. Uh, so I uh, so this is a pandemic uh, induced uh, quarantine uh, project. That uh, this is like a thing. It would never have happened if the pandemic didn't happen. Yeah. And it's one of these weird things that I'm thanking this horrible disease for giving me this like. <laughs> <laughs> gift of You're a uh, terrible the person, opportunity. Kelsey. I know. I'm uh, just kidding. Struck by lightning. So fucking oh. bad. Um, I, yeah. So so what happened was um, we've got a, a friend, uh, the band, and uh, our circle friends. Uh, this guy named. We're friends with this guy named Jonathan Hyla, and uh, also because of the pandemic, he was like stuck indoors, and he decided to start a radio station, just an online radio station called Eastside oh. Radio. And he was talking to all his creative friends uh, in LA because uh, he's got a ton uh, and w- was like, do a show on my radio station um, and you can do whatever you want. And Jonathan's always been a fan of my comedic side. 
Um, and <laughs> he was like, you should do a comedy show and you can do whatever you want. And so we were picturing me and a mic and just fucking around for an hour or something and interviewing somebody. But then over like a weekend, um, I was talking with my wife about it. And Mel, my wife, Mel Ayer is a, is actually a, um, story content producer on the show as well. Oh, okay. Um, okay. and cool. yeah, I think she's listed as an executive producer, but she, she helped me make the show. Cool. Um, man. But over a weekend, we were just like brainstorming and came up with this idea of, uh, I love like stuff like Rick and Morty or uh, yes, uh, yes. Parker, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, like Simpsons uh, and the Muppets especially. And so just, uh, I love the idea of the like characters and I've always loved doing different voices. And so we came up with this idea of me doing five... Uh, I'll be myself and then do these five other characters. And we came right. up with this backstory of having this variety TV show uh, that was around <laughs> for 10 years and then got canceled because uh, a bunch of bad stuff happened, including uh, one of the characters, Benjamin started a fire uh, in oh, the Benji. studio. Uh, he smokes a lot of weed and is <laughs> yes. very uh, forgetful. Forgetful. Like right. he, he's not as safety conscious as he needs to be. Um, so, so like I came up with this like kind of pilot episode and aired it and I like wrote these ideas and I recorded it myself. I basically used 15 years of, of like home recording knowledge for my serious band to make this like shithead moron show. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, and then, and sent it to Jonathan who has his radio station and he put it up like the next day and, uh, and the show was born. And uh, I, I thought like, well, I feel like the best way for people to enjoy this is as a podcast to hear at their leisure. So I just kind of used this Eastside radio, like putting it up. I, I, I would like spend few, a few days every week and I would create the show. Uh, every episode's about like 25 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it would take me about two and a half days to do it. And, wow. uh, and I'd put it up on Eastside radio at the end of every week but I didn't put it online anywhere. Uh, and so it was kind of like throwing it out there, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work. And then um, I like kind of refined stuff as I went and then refined the whole thing. It's like a 10 episode season. Uh, and I sold it to HeadGum, which is a comedy po- podcast network and uh, got this rad artist named Prachi who goes by Rainbow Teeth to do um, the artwork for uh, the you know, the little square that comes up, the little podcast guy. Yeah, sure. Uh, And, and yeah, I put it out on HeadGum uh, beginning of this year. And it was, it was, uh, it was just so fun to be able to, I I love comedy and it's, it's something I've always wanted to do more seriously. I've done like open mic nights uh, on like tour, like randomly uh, to to varying success. I've done like groundlings classes, but like you got it. Yeah. Yeah. You just, it's such like a time commitment and, uh, with sure with the band, like, it's just, I'm so lucky to even have any success in music and you don't want to fuck that up. <laughs> but right, also, right, right. I mean, it's just like takes, it takes so much time and effort to yeah. just do anything with any success. And so I, and so with local natives, I've just never had the time to do, to commit to anything um, and so with this break, this, this, this quarantine, this thing just like snowballed and, and just kind of fell out of me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know who it's for it, <laughs> the, the fiction genre on for like podcasts is very small. 
and the comedy fiction genre of podcasts is even smaller. Smaller than that. It's niche. I've been I've been learning all about podcasts and and I've been trying to figure out how to like promote it and um but it's but it's been it's been super super fun and and I I've I've gotten so much support from all my friends and family and and that's been really awesome and and uh and I just feel very proud to have something that exists with my name on it that I can be like um check it out I think I'm very funny and if you uh, <laughs> if, if you if you <laughs> like that and agree, then uh, let's uh, let's do some stuff together. Or something. That's so good, man. Honestly, it's it's really impressive that you you do five different voices, and uh, yes. of course, like you do yourself, but like you know, and each one really just has their own kind of their own personality. Yes, and um, thank you. And the way that they play off of each other, it's it's just funny, man. Like there's like this banter between mm-hmm. the characters and for me i think my like my favorite uh character is um sally jesse Raphael. oh sure <laughs> fucking, fucking sally, sally steals the show sally, sally Raphael. Sally. yeah technically right sally Raphael, the mm-hmm. jesse she just throws in there Right. right, just to, right. Just, just to fuck yeah. with everybody because she I can fucking do whatever love she it, wants, dude. She's just like, yeah, she's like, yeah. she's definitely the one that's just like throws gasoline on the fire, like yeah, when yeah. shit's like <laughs> when shit's going, and she's just like, you hear her just make like, these like fucked say up. Say your comments. name, Sally Jesse Fantastic. Raphael. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's you good. Need the, you need uh, the chaos. You need the X factor. Yeah, the chaos. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely, and that is most certainly. Uh, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Uh, so, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, if you guys are a fan of Kelsey's music, please check out the podcast. It is, it's called The Kelsey Air TV Show on Radio. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some good stuff on there, man. It's, it's real funny. Uh, thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah, for checking, yeah. out, checking it sure, out. Sure, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. No, we, en- we enjoyed yeah, it. Um, we did. And you know, it's funny before you said it, I actually thought like when I first heard it, I pictured the, like the Muppets, the Muppets. Being kind of around you. Yeah. I could just picture all yeah. the, all the Muppets like around it you. Comes and I was like, through. yeah, it does. Like they have definitely have like Muppety type of voices. And I actually, I wanted to ask like, you know, were like, were the Muppets or what were your inspirations for like all the, like each voice? The voices. Yeah. Yeah. Oh sure. Um, I mean, gosh, uh, I I I love doing a British guy. Yeah, uh, I, love, I love Sir I love Sir I love doing accents, and the British the the British guy is so uh, that I I love doing like this 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 old guy. Uh, so proper. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> he's very proper. He's very positive. He's yes. he's, uh, you know, he's also he's, part fish. He's, he's oh, yeah. learned seal. a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, he, <laughs> He's constantly searching for his for his identity, um, right? Uh, but yeah, right. I uh, I mean, as far as influence on, um, I would say I would say the Muppets is just like has such a, a, a holds such a a, a a space in in my heart because it's so sure. I love that the comedy is always it's always silly and it's always insane, but it's always so positive yeah very and, uh, I, I i do like darker stuff i mean 
some some like Rick and Morty stuff or Bojack sure, Horseman sure. stuff can get yeah, yeah. Like so heavy. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, like oh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard Jaws of Love. Like I have no problem going heavy. I I, I really yes. enjoy that. But I, I really do love that that ethos of it always leaning. Like maybe things can get dark and things maybe get like a little dark on the show here or there. But always like it always like ends ends in like a celebratory note. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I yeah. love stuff like that. And then, um, and I love, I love shows about shows like 30 rock or, um, yeah. uh, oh, man. oh my God. I said There's Larry Sanders stuff. earlier and, and his name's Larry Shandling. Show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know. called him Larry Sanders. I like know Larry Sanders is a real person. But yeah. that's the thing. I think people, I, I think, oh, I think people do that all. The, I think people did that all the sure. time because they were like, "Wait, is it Gary Shandling or is it Larry Sanders?" Because it was the yeah. Larry well, Sanders that, show. That's so funny because he had the Gary Shandling show, and then and that right. was more like Gary Shand- it, maybe yeah. like Seinfeld or something where it's like him. But Larry right, Sanders right. was him as like a talk show host and correct, yeah, like, correct, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I love like doing like behind the scenes stuff and you're seeing how um the the show is getting made and, and you're kind of hearing the 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 people making the show talking like outside of the show and it's and I, yes. I love stuff like that. So I, I think I think a lot of that went into the into the show. Can we expect another season? Yeah, I I really want to do another season, um, and I think I'll have the time. I, I, well, this year, I mean, we're not. Unfortunately, I don't think we're gonna like come back swinging hard with like a like a big tour. Right. Uh, that'll, that'll probably be next year. So sure. yeah, I'm really excited about season two. Um, I've got like a bunch of songs, uh, song ideas, and just like fun fun arc ideas. I think that will be. Yeah, I've learned a lot from the first season, so I'm I'm excited for the next one. I want Sweet. to do more for sure. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. Yes, hell yeah. Me too. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah. So, will there ever be get like guest voices or other, uh, like you, if you add an additional voice or something like that to the show of your of your well, own, of, of your own voice, you know, or or, or oh have a well, guest there's voice been on. so. So there, so there, there were guests on um, season one of the show. Yes, uh, yes. Voldemort came by. Yes, um, yes. Because uh, he he was trying to rebrand himself. Uh, there's there's all the stuff there. Uh, and oh, then um, Neil Young stopped by. He he was he's the first uh, actual like musical performance that we had in the show. So lucky sure. to ha- have had him. That was super a huge get. He's like a legend. That's you know, amazing man. Um, yeah. Uh, then, uh, oh, uh, Amy's cousin, Janet is, is on one of the, Janet was she's a nobody, favorite. but she's very fun. Um, my that's favorite. She's a raver. She definitely, yeah, she's, her and Benji really got yeah. along very oh, well. Yeah. There's a lot of chemistry there and <laughs> it's like exciting to kind of witness that, but I, I there will be more guests on cool, season cool. two. I'm sure. That, yeah. That that's was great, really, man. That was, yeah, that was really the question. And actually, I'm really happy that you that you mentioned uh, the guests that you had on the first season because oh, that, sure. you know, that gives the listeners, you know, it's like, oh, man, you got Neil Young? Like, wow, mm-hmm. you, got, you know, it's just like really cool. Huge. Like, yeah, huge yeah. guest like that. Well, That's I sick, mean, listen, we already, listen, we said check out the show. Now you have even we more did. reason to check it out. So it, Exactly. You've got no excuses, people. It's just check a good out, time. It's check just a good out show. damn show. Let's talk about your vinyl collection. Since, you know, I, I always it, it's it always seems like on this show, 
It's called Taste of Vinyl, and I guess it's appropriately titled Taste of Vinyl. Sure. Uh, yeah. m- music talk with a vinyl spin. Oh, God, yes. I hate myself. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it always feels like we kind of like leave the vinyl stuff for the end, and it's always kind of just this little bit. But um, nevertheless, we want to talk about it uh, a little bit at least. So um, can you give us a, a peek into what your collection looks like? Yeah, so um, I, I went through a, a decently big vinyl collecting phase, I think maybe like the first half of uh, the 2010s. Oh, and wow. uh, so so a lot of my vinyl is kind of from that time. But um, the vinyl collecting has slowed, definitely. But I, I, I need to like catch back up. I got, uh, do you know, uh, I don't know if Shinola or Shinola, uh, they do like watches. It's like a Detroit company. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, uh, they're sure. fantastic. I love, they're beautiful watches. Yeah, and they they make a, a really amazing turntable. No that, shit, um, really. Yeah, it, you it's, don't know uh, shit from Shinola, but they know record players yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, did you know that that's where that that's where they got the no uh, the uh, the name the Shinola? Slogan. No, no way. From no, that, I didn't know from that. that phrase, you don't know shit from Shinola. Right, right. Yeah, they're they they, they uh, shit focused. Um, yeah, <laughs> wow, Shinola. Shinola is this there it's a pretty rad uh company and they make they just they make they don't make a ton of stuff but what they make seems very high quality and, yes. and we had this we had this friend of a friend who um worked there in like maybe like their design department and he gave us a tour uh oh, wow. there in Detroit um when wow, we were man. there like a couple of years ago and uh, they gave me one of their turntables. Very fortunate to get. It's bougie wow. as fuck. It's very <laughs> nice. So I'm very stoked because the vinyl player I had before was was pretty schmeh. Uh, got okay. the job right. done and it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But this one is this one is is very Top nice. Notch. I'm super super stoked. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it looks amazing, and it's like in like a nice like spot on the. Uh, there's like a credenza oh, that we have yeah. in our living room, and it's uh, you want to show off that that puppy. You want to show yes. off that. That's a nice. It's a nice piece of material. A um, nice talking. It's a nice piece. product. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, oh, um, look at this. Like, oh yes, let me tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, but so my vinyl collection. Maybe, I, I don't know, like, uh, I, I'm trying to think of uh, the vinyls that I've played the most uh, on there. I definitely, uh, I do you know um, this artist, John Hopkins? He's an electronic artist, and he put out an album called Immunity in uh, 2013. And okay. that is like, I we don't all, lis- like local natives, all of us don't listen to like a ton of dance stuff, a ton of electronic music, but okay. that one somehow really made the rounds with everybody and we all got really into that record. Um, that guy is awesome. He used to uh, engineer for um, Brian Eno and he's like, oh, no he's way. done um, production on on a bunch of other, other records, um, bigger records, but like uh, his stuff is just really, really rad. Um, Sick, he put Great. out another record a few years ago. That's, that's really insane too. That's, that's so beautiful. Um, I love, uh, this record from, um, this band called wild beasts. Uh, okay. they actually are friends of ours. They're from Leeds in the UK, uh, and, uh, RIP cause they're done now. Um, oh, wow. they, they got, they got five records in and, uh, just, you know, it's, it's hard to keep keep a band like going like bands are i mean 
<laughs> there it's 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 a hard it's a hard racket like like yeah. to keep things going you got to be touring all the time and it's such a unique relationship like to have Definitely. someone who feels like a brother who feels like a best friend who feels like a creative who is a creative partner and a business partner sure. and it's so yeah. many like things interweaving like i mean you know like you guys know i don't know how yeah, long you guys have been playing together um long like time yeah, yeah nine years yeah like yeah that. and it's yeah. and it's you know even like super successful bands will break up because the interpersonal relationships have eroded or absolutely you know yeah. maybe yeah. a yeah. band breaks up because like they don't uh they, they just can't keep justifying playing like keep, you're tr- you're trying to like keep keep going and, and sustain things and yeah it's just a hard thing to do and and uh, Wild Beast is just like a. I don't know if you know their stuff at all, but but we we were buds with them, and they they are a very unique band um, that just didn't click over here. Uh, they they did really well in the UK and other parts of Europe and stuff. But uh, it's just it's tough. It's a tough thing to keep going if it's not just yeah. off and off. And um, right. yeah, so they 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 called it. They had two really amazing singer and singers and songwriters in that band. And and they're like kind of doing their own thing. Um, Tom, one of the guys in that band, uh, opened our UK tour when we toured in 2019. Um, cool. But yeah, ch- check them out. But that's one of my favorite vinyls because I love um, their 2011 album Smother. Uh, it's uh, it's cool. pretty pretty unique stuff and pretty rad. Just pretty very very special stuff. It's a very special band. More, more stuff we need to check out. I'm writing it all down. Yeah. Write it down. Write it, Write down. it down. Yeah, That's what's do up, it. man. Do it. Awesome. I am. Yeah. Thank you. Just did it. Just did it. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> uh, um, and so thank you so much for answering our questions. Before you go, if you have anything that you want to say, any plugs, uh, any kind of last words that you want to l- leave our listeners with. Oh, man. Um, I mean, uh, I just... Thanks, thanks to everyone who wrote in questions and uh, and uh, try to try to stay safe and get vaccinated and let's all like hang out and uh, oh my god like live, oh, yeah. live life again that sounds pretty good um, yeah and 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 if you if you want to check out the show the podcast show and you like it uh, subscribe and rate that. I, I'm so bad at saying that. I'm so <laughs> I, like, I don't, you know, I, I was thinking of like adding a little thing after the show to be like, Hey, rate it. Um, but like, yeah, I don't I, That's like such a thing with podcasts. I've yeah, learned so much like about podcasting. It sounds like you just said it though. So I did. did I did. did I'm just, I'm trying to be better. And uh, it, I, I felt like I wanted to throw up a little bit when I said it. <laughs> So I need to get more comfortable. Uh, I need to okay. get more comfortable saying it. Subscribe and rate, please. And yes, uh, thanks awesome. for checking it out if you do. And uh, yeah, look out for new Jaws Love and Local Native stuff. Hope hopefully maybe later this year. That would be that that would be so rad to start showing some new stuff soon. Sick, dude. Awesome. Again, yeah. thank you so much for being generous with your time. We had. A- a blast with yes, you. Thank you. We can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Everybody, please check out the new Local Natives album when it comes out, New Jaws of Love, and of course, the podcast. Thank you again. And that means it's time for On the Platter. Oh, God, it's so good. Mm, so good and tasty. 
All right, today we are discussing Only by the Night by Kings of Leon, which was released back in September of 2008. So this record, I mean, first of all, this is probably one of my favorite indie rock bands ever. Um, No surprise there. They're huge, right? They're great. Yeah, man. But like, uh, you know, for me, when I first heard this, it, you know, was was when this album came out, um, you know, and they had a they had a bunch of albums before that. Sure. And I wasn't cool enough to <laughs> to know about them uh, prior <laughs> to this record. But um, I got to say, man, I was pretty obsessed with this record when it came out. Uh, it was pretty much the only thing I listened to uh, in like 2009, basically all of 2009. It's just this is all I listened to. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, I, I think that they are an extremely talented bunch and they, um, you know, this this record, like I said, was definitely their breakthrough when like Sex For on sure. Fire came out. It was just like, I, you know, when I heard the song, I was like, this sounds so familiar. Like I've heard this before. And I yeah. actually thought it was, funny enough, I thought it was a, uh, a cover. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, is is this like a '70s song that they covered or something like yeah, that? Right, right. It really sounded like a Rolling Stones song or something. Yeah, man. I don't know. It sounded really familiar to me. But anyway, I you know I found out that it was in fact an original, and um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just added to kind of the mystique to the band for me, anyway. Um, sure. And then you know, so, um, you somebody came out. And that's when they really blew up, right? And I wasn't crazy about that song. Like, that probably was my least favorite song on the record, aside from maybe 17. Okay. Uh, Because it's just kind of (laughs) creepy. Yeah, I got that that feeling from it, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a Um, a little bit of a creeper song. I tried to think maybe he was was also 17 when he... Or he put himself into that time frame of life i don't know but at the same point i know what you mean (laughs) well i mean the lyrics are trying to give him the benefit of the doubt she's only 70 so it's like mm, he he's definitely he's definitely older because she's only 17 right right? Uh, so he well right so he he's at least 18 (laughs) (laughs) right we'll go with that. he is of legal age we'll go with that we'll just ignore the fact that he might be a pedo (laughs) <laughs> jesus christ let's hope not I, uh, let's hope not yeah but, hey you know what things come out later in life and we've seen it happen before uh some of our yeah. favorite bands yeah it happens too and we you know it's just well you know it doesn't ruin the music no it, it, it doesn't ruin the, you, you ruins know what the person I, I feel like <laughs> after the me too movement like so much shit came out that yeah, if dude. if something did happen, it probably would have come out then. I mean, I, oh sure, I'm not saying especially for sure, since, but right, but especially since the album's now thirteen years old, going on thirteen, which is crazy. Yeah, dude, it's wild. <laughs> Moving on from the the, the, the seventeen the pedo uh, <laughs> accusations here, <laughs> yeah. I would say probably either notion. Or Manhattan, either one of those songs are probably my favorite from this oh, record. Man. Just so that, like, just great, like, groove, bass yes. lines and stuff. Uh, but tell well, tell, I, tell me about your your experience with the record, man. 
Yeah, I'll just start by saying that Notion, I have Notion in Manhattan written down here as as my favorites of on that album. You're too. a liar. I'm not kidding. It's it's they're so good. In fact, before we started this, I uh I watched the Notion music video and that is just like it's so interesting. Like if you've seen it before, like basically stuff is just blowing up behind them while they're playing guitar. Oh, and no it shit. doesn't seem like the kind of song that it looks like a war should be going on. <laughs> like but anyway, yeah. So That's pretty my, cool though. It is pretty cool. It's it's a really neat video. Um and yeah, I, I, to pick between the two, I think Notion was probably be my favorite on the album. But my experience with the album is f- the first song I ever heard from them was Sex on Fire. Um, yeah. Probably much like other people who are just being introduced to them for the first time, being right. this, that they're this is their breakout album. When I went to go listen to the full album, from that song, my idea of what it would sound like, and then hearing the first two, like first song, yeah. Uh, Closer or closer, not closer. Yeah, closer. right, right. Closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spelled the same way, but closer. Um, I was like, this is trippy. Like, I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it's a different, that- it's a totally different vibe from Sex yeah. on Fire. It's like, it's mellow and definitely yes. has like a little bit of a trippy vibe to it. Yes, and spacey. Very spacey. Yeah. Um, I, I almost want to say it has almost like a, Kind of like a heroin high. Yeah. Not that I know what that feels like. I know what you mean, <laughs> Jesus though. Jesus Christ. I, I just realized what I said. <laughs> my first my first thought was that they sound a little bit like a slow... It sounds slow version of like Incubus to me. Interesting. Like, a bit like that. I never really thought of it that way. Now I'm, I'm going to have to listen back with that in mind. Yeah, just because of like, I mean, I it made me think of Make Yourself, like the album, just a little bit like okay. that. And then nowhere on the rest of that album, to me, does that come back through again. The second song, Crawl, mm. uh-huh. opens with like a Lenny Kravitz style, like guitar uh, riff. Like I'm starting, like I'm, I'm getting like, you know, going from Closer, dun, which dun, is spacey. Dun, dun, dun. And- like trippy to yeah to yeah, crawl yeah. which is just like a yeah when you groovy. said wait hold on when you just said lenny kravitz dude it fucking it clicked man you're right, absolutely dude? right right that's awesome that's the first thing i heard i was like damn this is like lenny kravitz like Jimi hendrix like a little bit like this is super groovy so i was like this album is just from those two songs alone and then just going on i was like this yeah. album is phenomenal yeah. like i gotta hear the rest of the album yeah, and then I looked up at the time that their big influences, as you said before, you mentioned the seventies, like their big influences are like Leonard Skinnerd and like Rolling Stones yeah. and U two. But then also you can take those and then they're also influenced by like the strokes and white stripes. So it's like yeah. a modern take on a seventies vibe. And uh yeah, it just comes together just like it's so well done. Totally. And, and you know, to add to that, you can definitely... So you can hear the 70s influence, but yeah. you can definitely also hear like the blues. Yes, and, he's got and the, that blues southern... Yeah, because I think, didn't they start off kind of like more of like a country kind of folk band, something, they, something like that? They did. And actually, yeah. And, you know, and that comes through for sure like especially because caleb's voice is very bluesy yeah soulful like 
Dude, the songs where it's just kind of like where the guitars and the drums kind of like lay back a little bit, uh-huh. so that he so that he can kind of explore Shine the room with a little his bit. voice, dude. Yeah, he is talented. Oh as my shit. god, yeah. If you ever get a chance, the documentary, the documentary, I think it's called Tallahini Sky. Yes, I, Tallahini gonna, Sky. I'm gonna check this because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, Have you seen it? No, no. I want to see it now, though. It's been on my radar for a little while. Talahina Sky. Talahina. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but um, I actually, I, I watched it when it came out. And then recently, maybe like a year ago or something like that, I watched it again and I just ended up buying it. So like I have the oh, digital wow. copy of it, you know? Oh, cool. Because man. it's, I mean, it's really good. It's really, um, it's so interesting. You know, because you find out, and I don't know if I'm going to ruin any of your facts right now, but I, I might. It's all good. Um, uh, probably is in there. Go for it, though. <laughs> but yeah, so um, in the documentary, they they basically, I don't know how serious they were when they said this, but because they, again, had several records that came out before this one. Sure. They said that if this wasn't the record that like skyrocketed skyrocket them, them to like- success, yeah, they were going to quit. That was it. I, I like, believe it. I they mean, were like, just they've been gonna, doing it for almost 10 years already. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> so they were just like going to you know, hang up their instruments after after they wrote this record. Wow. And um, and then it just blew up. It just, they right. got so fucking huge. <laughs> um, you know, and then, you know, funny enough, after this record, I feel like, you know, they definitely grew like a huge following and everything. And right. they were much bigger than... They were before this record, but I don't think they ever reached the success that they did with Only By The Night. I think that was the pinnacle of their success. Yeah, I, I, I agree on that and, for sure. And I'll say that the follow-up record, Come Around Sundown, is fucking amazing. I It honestly might be my favorite Kings of Leon record. Ooh, like this okay. Is, well, I love check that out. I love this album. Uh, come around sundown is just it's got like uh it almost has like a country feel to it and i don't like country music but like they do it in such a way i don't know man it's almost like everything that i like about only by the night magnified Ooh, nice okay i'm definitely gonna check that out it's it's really fucking good man um yeah, maybe we'll do that record, you know, for on the platter one day. But um That'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, dude, this this you know, getting back to this record, uh again, I mean, uh for me it was definitely it was the it was the record that introduced me to them and uh you know, I'm I'm glad that it did. So uh let's get to, to some facts, man. Let's yeah, do man. It. Uh all right, let's do this. So I found a lot of these pretty interesting. Uh Obviously, this is their fourth studio album, and it it apparently was they started to write it literally days after the third album because of the times uh, was released. So they released the third album, and before they even started going on tour to support that album, they started writing the fourth one. Wow, that's crazy. Of course, it was uh, considered an, an extremely huge commercial success. Um, it was actually a top 10 among 10 different countries. Holy shit. Uh, which is not an easy thing to accomplish. And uh, from what I read, it's the best-selling album in Australia, 
You can fact check me on that if you'd like. Um, <laughs> I'm not and, gonna. Uh, and uh, anybody who's certi- anyone who's listening in Australia, uh, you know, let us yeah, know if you're following us on Instagram. Just hit us up. Yeah, but it has been certified platinum nine times. Holy so shit! So that's fucking insane. Like that's a huge success. Okay. So apparently, as a teaser for the album, the song "Crawl." was originally released as the unofficial single of the album, which I think is interesting. Mm, That is interesting. Um, um, Mm. But of course, the first proper single was Sex on Fire. Right. Um, But I think Crawl is an interesting choice because I don't know, like I wanted to see further, like did the band pick that as the the unofficial single or did the uh, label? Pick that as a song. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. I'd like to know like what the thinking was behind that and who initiated that. Yeah, y- yeah, me too. Because I mean, you would think upon first listen, if you listen to the album the whole way, yeah, your first thought would be, okay, "Sex on Fire" is your single. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's your hit. Yeah, <laughs> but "Crawl's" a good song too. It is a good song. And then the last one here is uh, I found this really interesting. Um, so critics and reviewers in the U.S most did not give this album favorable ratings oh fuck them yeah so the ones so the ones that came up was just press play and pop matters and a couple other ones that gave it three and a half out of ten two out of ten and four out of ten who is reviewing this shit yeah so these are all like you know um bloggers and like but like well-known ones that that review specifically like new albums coming out. Oh shit. Yeah. So they're fairly well known ones. Um and the and the really funny thing is is that like and to go along with I feel like something we've said in the past, the UK and just Europe in general seems to be way ahead of us <laughs> on knowing what great music is. Yeah. As far as the reviewers are concerned. So in the UK it got five out of five and four and a half out of five there by you most go. reviewers. So just a phenomenal album. Yeah, so so they really know they know there. better than us, clearly. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. Was yeah. that it? That's it. Fantastic. All, All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. We also want to thank Kelsey Air of Local Natives for coming on the show. He was very generous with his time, and we really appreciate it. Everybody else, uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Taste of Vinyl and on Twitter at Taste Vinyl. And remember, you can never own too much vinyl. Later, guys. Later, guys. Thanks, Kelsey.